With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll, we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're we're going to discuss the first week of training camp, roster battles, and the guys who have impressed us so far. Chris, how are you doing today? Not bad at all, Mike. Uh, it was a, it's been an interesting first week of training camp. It's good to be back there at the Novacare Complex and seeing these guys uh, battle for positions and jobs. It's good, man. How are you doing? I'm well. You know, uh, yesterday we're recording this Sunday. I was doing some double duty at practice. I went to my kids' soccer practice, and then at night had that nice little Eagles evening uh, affair. And um, you know, it's been a nice first week of training camp. Uh, pretty un- not uneventful, but pretty um, devoid of major injuries. And drama. Uh, yes, Zach Ertz is in camp. Yes, Devontae Smith suffered a minor leg injury uh, on Saturday, but then stood with his teammates for an hour and a half. So clearly they weren't that concerned about it. Um, Jalen Rager had failed a physical, but now, by the end of the week, he was taking part in team drills. Uh, Brennan Brooks and Isaac Sayamalo were sidelined, but their hamstring injuries and they don't seem to be threatening uh, missing time uh, during the regular season. So for the most part, it's been, you know, a dr- there's been drama, obviously, on the field, but from a pure, hey, how does this affect the regular season? There hasn't been a ton of, you know, earth-shattering uh, issues. So I think that that's, that's been kind of uh, reassuring for the Eagles fan base. For us, we haven't had to leave practice and cover a major injury. Um, so everybody wins. Uh, yep. But let's get into it. Let's, let's talk about the first week of camp. Uh, so Jalen Hurts, in case you guys haven't, uh, have been living under a rock, Chris is handling QB report cards throughout uh, training camp daily, daily updates on every single quarterback on the roster. That's Jalen Hurts, Joe Flacco, Nick Mullins. Chris, what have you seen from Jalen Hurts thus far? 
I think the main thing uh, that everybody's looking at when it comes to the way he's played has been his accuracy because everybody keeps pointing to a 52% pass or uh, pass completion percentage last year. And so far he, he's done better. Uh, I will, I will say that he's done better than what he showed at times. He still is a, when he's on the run, he's on a run rolling out the pocket. Everybody knows we can do the legs and he's able to still throw when he's out there. But I really wanted to see how he doesn't inside the pocket and, one thing that he's done a lot better is he's stepping into his throws while he's in the pocket. And Nick Sariani, I say, when, when we were talking to him, he mentioned the one thing he wants, he was two things he was working with Jalen were keeping two hands on a ball when he steps up in a pocket and as well as his footwork. And he, his footwork has gotten a lot better. You see him using that, using that, like gain, getting a lot of power from his throws while he's stepping up and he's helped him become more accurate. Uh, seven or sevens have been a little, uh, th- they've been a little uh, adventure at times uh, where he hasn't looked as accurate in there, but it seems it's something where I don't know if it's seven or seven and it's a little bit different, but when it comes to 11 or 11, that's where he's looked like he's had his, uh, he, he's gotten better. And as each day has gone on, he's performing better and better. And you see him trying to work, get a connection with Zach Gertz and Dallas Goddard. And before Devonta Smith got hurt, he was thrown to him. So overall, I think he's graded out. To me, he's graded out a B so far as a camp. He's done he's done a good job there. He still hasn't proven he's a young he's a young quarterback. And that's is to be expected. They're not going to be their final, to quote another thing, they're not going to be in their final form when it comes there. But is it, he's still learning. He's taking it in his tutelage from quarterbacks coach Brian Johnson. He's improving overall. I mean, now when it comes to like the 707-11-11, what's your opinion on him? I'm not as rosy. I think he's been fine. Um, I think it's a situation where he's kind of, you know, there's no pads. So the offensive line are at a disadvantage. Um, I mean, typically you see a defense ahead of an offense early in camp just because there's only so many coverages you can have. There's only so many assignments you can have, but I mean, it's been a mixed bag really to me. I'd probably give him like a C plus maybe. I just, he, every time he has a great throw, there's a terrible throw waiting. Um, But he's had some really great accurate throws downfield. There's no question. I do. I agree. I think his accuracy has improved. I think his confidence has improved in the pocket. I'd like to see him run a little bit less because those kind of scrambles are basically empty reps for him. We know what he can do as a runner. He knows what he can do as a runner. The coaching staff knows what he can do as a runner. I'd like to see him master the pocket or at least throw on the run a little bit more. Um, Granted, there's going to be reps where nothing's available and then you just got to run, but it does seem like he is very quick to run after a read or two. Uh, That said, you know, I, if he's the starting quarterback, I think there should be some confidence in him because he does have a playground like uh, demeanor to him. He's very confident in his ability to throw uh, deep. He's very confident in his ability to run. It seems like the, the offense is confident in his ability to do both. So um, I think that's good. Now, getting into Joe Flacco, I want your take on Flacco. Again, I think you're a little bit rosier than I am. I think Flacco's been kind of meh. 
Um, you know, for a guy who's a 14-year veteran, a former Super Bowl MVP, a guy they brought in and guaranteed $3.5 million, uh, he's done stuff that I'd expect a second-year guy like – uh, or, or, or like he's been Nate Sudfeld to me. Like I, I don't, I, I, I don't. Maybe he's terrific in in the quarterback room, but from a purely on field standpoint, he's been kind of blah. Uh, Nick Mullins got off to a really good start. Uh, he's very weird. You brought up like how Jalen struggles on seven on seven and then does well on eleven on eleven. Nick Mullins has been absolutely atrocious throwing to one on one coverage and throwing against air. It's almost like he needs that second body to be a target. If that makes sense. Uh, He's done fine in seven on sevens. I've been really impressed by him at 11 on 11s for the most part. Uh, Granted, he's going up against like, you know, future insurance salesmen. There's nothing wrong with, (laughs) with with selling insurance, but (laughs) if you sell insurance, you're not playing in the NFL. So I, I do think there's that. Um, this tackle is brought to you by Geico or something. <laughs> Look, I, I am curious how much a quarterback can save by switching. Uh, but um, <laughs> no, but like he's facing guys that are probably either going to be in the CFL or the AFL or uh, elsewhere. Um, you know, this is probably their last shot at at NFL football. And so you do have to take that into account. This is a guy who started NFL games has one NFL games, put up a lot of yardage. Um, to me, I think he's subtly outplayed Flacco, not to the point where I think like, Oh man, they've got to get rid of Flacco and trade him to the Colts. Now that Carson Wentz has got a foot injury. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on the show, but um you know, I do think that Mullins is going to push Flacco. And I think it's to the point where, look, you, you, yeah, you know what Flacco is, but do you? So I think Flacco might actually get some preseason reps. Uh, I was expecting it to be nothing but Nick Mullins for three pre- preseason games. I don't know if that's going to be the case anymore. Um, what's your take on the backup quarterbacks? Well, right for three of the four days, Mullins outperformed Flacco, in my opinion. Just looking at the ways that some of the the throws now it was, it was also weird it seemed like they were running they were running the ball a lot more Flacco while he was in there which was I thought was kind of weird I guess they want to see what Mullins can do a little bit more but overall it, it was Mullins was pretty accurate early but the one thing I'm really concerned about and, and it happened a lot in 707 and he did it a little bit in the 11 11s too he pats the ball right before he throws it and to me, when you do something like that, you're giving the defense, those linebackers and defensive backs, an extra second, like a tell going, okay, if he's going to pat the ball, the ball's coming out right now. You can't do that. Now, I know quarterbacks gather the ball a little bit right before they throw it because you just want to make sure you have you go through your regular throwing motion. But to deliberately tab the ball right before you throw it, I'm a little concerned with that. But overall, I mean, Mullins – Pretty mobile guy. He's more mobile than Flacco. I thought he was did a good job. I mean, it seems like he's developing him and Matt Walker and him and Tyree Jackson and those guys. They were uh, starting to form a little bit of a, a connection a little bit. He's done all right. Uh, when it comes to Flacco, I, I don't know what it is. He, he, it, yesterday was his best day. I think of the four practices, yesterday was his best day. He, and a lot of it was a lot of the short check downs, a lot of the throws to, to the running backs and tight ends over the middle. And that's what he was excelling at. I mean, there was a point where I, th- I think seven or seven, he didn't miss a completion. He, he, 
he didn't miss a throw. He, he was on in that aspect. But when it came time to some of the teams early on in training camp so far, it's just been it, it's been meh. And you mentioned it. I mean, he's got the experience. He, he he's seen a lot of coverages, so you know he's going to be the veteran to help the younger guys. But I, Mullins is going to make it interesting, I think, for for QB two. And if it truly is a competition, if they're competing for every spot, even though we probably know, even though we really know Hurts is going to be QB one, if there really is competition at every spot, Mullins might seriously make it interesting and and push Flacco to at this point. Yeah, I think when you – sorry about that pause there. Um, yeah, I think uh, the, the backup quarterback competition is a little bit more interesting than I thought it would be. Um, but let's move on to a, um, a position that I think has actually really thrived. Look, I you, you can't tackle to the ground in these practices, but – Every day, it seems like Miles Sanders pulls off an incredibly impressive long run, even if there were pads on. Uh, Boston Scott has been terrific uh, as far as being able to feel out screen passes and and bob and weave through traffic. By the way, I had him on the roster bubble. Uh, I took kind of a pessimistic view. I think there's no doubt Boston Scott makes this team barring injury. Uh, he's, he's been working with the first-team offense pretty regularly. Uh, I think the Eagles keep four running backs, but they might keep five if they keep paying attention to the way Jason Huntley's been running. Uh, Huntley's kind of struggled as a passer, but, man, that guy has some jets. Saturday, uh, he turned a corner and went up the field 15 yards. You thought he was running at full speed. Nah, he just, like, hit the zoom button and just... (laughs) erased you know grass as he's running uh, forward for a touchdown uh, I think Garyon Johnson's looked really good I think uh, there were concerns about his knees but he's looked pretty good he's been a very good one cut runner Jordan Howard's had some some decent moments Kenny Gainwell's kind of disappeared a little bit he did have that one catch from Flacco yesterday that was impressive but uh, I'm not seeing a lot of him. Maybe it's too quick for him. Maybe we see Kenny Gainwell inactive to start the season. He's definitely on the roster. And I think so you've got those three guys locked in, Sanders, Scott, and, and Gainwell. Uh, I'm curious who wins the battle between Johnson and uh, Howard, because I do think that that's for one spot. And then I think Huntley's going to try to force him to keep five. Um, what's your take on the running back position? Well, it looks like they're going to utilize these guys a lot. I mean, look how many times we saw the, that speed, the, the speed twenty-one personnel early on in camp. I mean, the two running backs and and one tight end, and, and it it looks effective. I mean, uh, Sanders really has looked look like he's he's got he's hit another gear this training camp so far. And one thing I really like that he's done so far, he's get he's drawing back and forth with the defense. I mean, he looks like he's really getting into things and trying to build up that competition aspect and. I've liked what I've seen so far out of him, and he's if we if they it's expected how he's to be used more with the, in the pass in the run game, he could have a, a decent season. Scott's looked really, I think Scott's looked explosive at times as well too. Gainwell, I wonder if it's one of the things he's still processing that whole entire playbook because it looks like he it just seems like he we, we know he's faster than what he is what he's been showing so far, and I wonder if he's still trying to. He's thinking his routes through. He's thinking things through and not letting his athleticism take over. I'm really 
getting a sense of that, but I think he stays on the roster. And carry on John, I think to me, I think carry on Johnson has the edge right now, just looking from with Jordan Howard, because just on the fact of his pass, his pass catching abilities itself. I mean, there's been a couple of times seeing Howard uh, juggle a couple balls, especially running those uh, Texas route, like those little routes going toward the inside, uh, inside of the field. And Johnson's like, he's clean, caught it cleanly, a lot more than Howard has. And it's that's going to be a really tough battle. I think that's going to be one of those battles that comes down to, I think, probably like the last couple hours before they announce the uh, roster because that's a lot. That's, that's going to be a really tough decision, in my opinion. And Huntley, I think, I, I, for the life of me, I still don't know why the team didn't use him in more kick returns last year. He looks fast. He looks decisive when he's deciding which way he wants to run. And he's got that – he's got that – ability to just put one foot in the ground, cut up, cut up, and then just take off. And that's something essential that's in the kick, re- the kick return. And given that what they have right now, I know you have Boston Scott who returned kicks and I'd put him, I'd try him more back there. Cause we know about his history back when he was in college, he did really well with it. So that's the way I think he sneaks on the roster. If they give him a chance for the kick return to have five running backs, but they, they, He's he's a person who I would like to see more, like to see used more in this preseason, just to get a full idea of what he can do. Let's let's kind of tie tight end and wide receiver up in a ball. Like obviously Rager missed the first three practices. Quez Watkins the first three practices. Devontae Smith has looked good up until getting banged up. But really, it's kind of been a mishmash. Like nobody's been like a premier target. At wide receiver, at tight end though, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz. Uh, you mentioned third string uh, offense featuring a lot of Tyree Jackson. Um, Caleb Wilson's getting in there. Um, what do you like about the multiplicity of, of the passing targets? The fact that they're spreading around the ball. I like it because it's going to force defenses to not key on one guy. I mean. Devonta Smith's going to be when he's on the field. He's going to be. I think a lot of defenses are going to try to shade toward him, and, and as well as Dial Scottard. But having a lot of options is just going to open things up for not only the pass game, but I think in the run game because you're going to spread things out. I mean, I, I look at the way that the tight ends have been used so far, and, and the emphasis has been doing a throw into these guys, and if continuing to focus or targeting the middle of that field to open up it to, to release some of that coverage for some of these outside guys. And I think that's going to be imperative. I, I mean, Goddard's looked, I think Goddard's looked all right so far early on in camp. I mean, it's been surprising that Zach Harris even showed up and, and is still on his team at this point, but I thought he's, he's been all right. I mean, it was like Jalen Hurts and him were still trying to get that chemistry going and, and, and try to get that connection. Right. I mean, there's, there's one pass that he, he made that hurts me to Ertz that went 35 yards. And you saw that because a lot of the defense started cheating up on these shorter routes. And then you saw the little uh, pump and go to Ertz and he was able to, to, to get open and Hurts delivered a nice ball. So I like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll put it this way. I don't like the fact that these guys, some of these guys are missing time because due to injuries and, and they have to stay off the field because they're all still very young. Smith, and Rager, they're still very young receivers who can use every single rep they possibly can. But it gives some of these guys that are lower on a depth chart more experience as well. And and that's going to be beneficial for the long run, especially if for those who remain on a team. But it's going to it's, it's a lot of 
it's a lot of diversity in what the skill set these guys have and, is, and can definitely benefit this offense. So let's talk about the offensive line. Uh, Andre Dillard and Jordan Maylott are obviously battling the left tackle. Um, you know, the majority of the offensive line was given the given time off on Friday. Uh, Isaac Samalu and Brendan Brooks have been sidelined with injuries. The focus is on the left tackle battle, just straight up. Um, I'll add notes that Jack Driscoll's looked pretty good at right tackle. Nate Herbig looks very good after losing 30 pounds at left guard. Matt Pryor has been fine. Uh, Luke Jurigo would given the opportunities look relatively good as well. But I, our focus is on the left tackle battle right now. I think it's abundantly clear that Jordan Melata is a step ahead of Andre Dillard. Andre Dillard has struggled against the likes of Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat. Um, I do think he looks somewhat better than he did his rookie mini or his rookie training camp. But, you know, at this point, if the if the competition isn't even, Melata is ahead, if that makes sense. What's your take on the left tackle battle? Yeah, I agree. And and even though it's uh, they don't have the pads on just some of those run plays looking at it just seems like my just has that edge when it comes to his the form the for, his form of blocking when it comes to just that toughest aggressiveness and opening some of these creases i think my my has the edge and dillard i wonder what's going through his mind i know he's he made an emphasis of coming back in the right mindset and it was like it's helped him out in a way but physically it just looks like my is is still just a better tackle. Who would have thought that that a seventh round draft pick would be out playing Dillard, who who they trade to get? I mean, it, it, it's to me, uh, he, Dillard's the second guy. It, it, there's there's no way. And then if, if that's the case, you got to look. You could look at potentially moving on, moving on from him at this point. I mean, it's he he's. It, it, I don't know what's going on with him. I know he's coming back off that biceps injury, but he had a lot of time to recover from that. And it's to me, it's my job to lose at this point. Let's talk about the defensive line. Uh, you know, Josh Sweat has played very, very well. I think Barnett's having a pretty good camp. It's his first camp in a very long time where it feels like he's not dealing with an injury. Um, uh, Milton Williams is playing defensive end. Uh, I think Javon Hargrave has played relatively well. Um, they're moving guys around. Teron Jackson's impressed me. Who stood out to you on the defensive line? Uh, I think it's the way Sweat, Sweat, to me, has been playing really well. He's been rushing the passer well, and, and he just can, looks like he's continuing to grow each year. And he's it's like he's added a new move to his a pass rush move to his arsenal. And I, I think Tracy Rocker's done a good job getting the most out of these defensive ends. And one thing I've really been – I've seen like in, in brief parts. I've been looking at the defensive line was the way that they've been moving between those three, the three, four, and the four, three. That they're using those uh, multiple sets and the interchangeability of these guys, especially when it comes to Milton Williams. I mean, this guy is this guy is good, <laughs> is good, and you see him moving. Uh, you see him, him moving back some of these offensive line, the interior offensive line, and the outside guy. I mean, they be playing him in end, end tackle. So I like what I've seen out of him. And then yesterday, uh, Jaquan Bailey. With the strip sack on Nick Moans. And I love the lines you put in your notes like a kid who, who got caught still out of the cookie jar. I, mean, I, I love that line because but it, he overall I think he's he's done all right. I think he's he it's gonna be tough for him, I think, to make the roster given the depth that this team has at the def- along the defensive line. But 
in, in, in the spurts I've seen, he's looked like he's been all right. He's got he's got a good motor. He's got some good speed speed and, and some quickness to him as well. So uh, he's another guy I thought has been playing well. Full disclaimer, Chris really, really likes having high hopes for guys that have no business making the roster. It's a it's it's Matt one Neal of his president. <laughs> it's, it's one of his defining character traits. Uh, so linebacker Alex Singleton's been on the COVID reserve list. Has missed a whole week of practice. They're mixing and matching linebackers, which I really, really like. Uh, Davian Taylor was a first team linebacker for the first three practices and suffered a quad injury. He's listed as day to day. TJ Edwards and Eric Wilson have been working with the first and second team. Uh, Sean Bradley's been working with the first and second team. It does kind of feel like they're trying to figure out what the best combination of nickel linebackers are going to be. Um, I like that they're letting Eric Wilson work with the second team defense because it's allowing them to like move like Rashad Smith and Jacoby, uh, Jacoby Stevens and all other guys next to him so they can get kind of a feel for him. And he, the rest of the group can kind of get a feel for the first team defense. I think that's a really smart approach to the linebacker position. Um, where, where they stand right now, I think they'll keep six. My guess would be Eric Wilson, TJ Edwards, who had a phenomenal interception in seven on sevens on Saturday uh, on a ball from Jalen Hurts. Uh, Alex Singleton, those three will be your main starting linebackers. Davian Taylor will be the first guy off the bench. Uh, Sean Bradley will be the backup middle linebacker. And then I'm guessing that uh, Jacoby Stevens beats out Rashad uh, Smith for that sixth role that's basically going to be a special teamer. What's your take on the linebackers thus far? Yeah, I, was, I mean, I know T.J. Edwards is known as a. I think I think he's done all right so far. I mean, I, I was shocked. I mean, because when you look at his, everybody knows about his ability to to stop the run, and when, when he was able to make that pick, I was like, okay, yeah, I didn't see that part of his game. So, but looking overall, it's a very athletic group, and I, I think one the one person I think that's really stood out to me, just looking at it briefly, has been Davion Taylor. I mean. He's, it's like he's come back from that injury a little bit, and he's moving around all right, and he's starting to get a grasp of the position even more. And I'm, I'm really, really intrigued to see what he's going to do. And, and and you're right, I agree because Jacoby Stevens, I, I saw him in the uh, seven or seven. He was in a he has been pretty. He's been very good in coverage. I mean, you know, he was a safety, and that's given that's with that responsibilities of that position. It, you have to be good in coverage. So seeing what he's been able to do in that, in that sort of hybrid role has been, so far has been all right. And he, he's been making it tough when they come, when they were do, finally doing the one-on-ones, he made it, t- he was covering the receivers very, very well. So I think Patrick Johnson will be the odd man out. So let's move on to the cornerback group. Uh, Steven Nelson was thrust immediately into the first team defense after signing right before training camp, Avante Maddox has looked relatively good in the slot uh, back in his normal position, although he did get absolutely worked by Greg Ward uh, on a one-on-one drill on Saturday. It happens. Um, Darius Slay has looked very good. Uh, he's had some really good battles with Devontae Smith. Um, and then from there, you're looking at guys like 
uh, Zach McPherson, who's actually made a couple of different plays on the ball, had a near interception of Joe Flacco on Friday. Uh, I thought Craig James has had a relatively good start to camp. Uh, Michael Jaquette's been a bit up and down. He's been kind of the victim of some some jump ball catches, which is weird because he's basically the biggest corner on the roster. Uh, I haven't really noticed Kayvon Seymour. I haven't really noticed, um, you know, Levert Hill or any of those guys. Kyle Taylor has been sidelined throughout the week with a lower body injury. Nate Maters has a hamstring injury, and he's listed as week to week. Those two guys can absolutely not afford to miss practice, and they've both missed four. Um, we know that Nelson, uh, who wants to be known as Steve Nelson, not Steven Nelson anymore, uh, Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, and Zach McPherson, or Zach McPherson are going to make the roster. Those are four corners. If there's a fifth guy, who is that guy to you right now? I think it, Craig James. He, he's played well, in my opinion. I mean, he, he's gotten good position on guys. He's been physical at the point uh, at, along the lines and getting his hands on, on, on these receivers, especially Saturday. I saw that. I was like, it was really good. One guy I really, really wanted to see do well, especially a recent sign, Obi Melo Fonoo. Sorry, excuse me for mentioning, but big guy, but. He he hasn't really shown he hasn't really shined so far in practice. I know he just got here, but I was thinking a guy like that, you know, with his size, given that some of the these bigger receivers the Eagles want to face this year, I thought he would really stand out, especially given given his his height, his his overall size. The dude's big, but he hasn't really done anything. I mean, I know he's been out of football for a while, and I thought he would at least be a good addition, but he hasn't really done anything. But right now, Craig is Craig James has looked really well, and and. and Special te- his special teams prowess is already good, and I think he's the fifth guy going moving forward. Safety. Okay, so Anthony Harris has been kind of up and down. I think he hasn't really been helped by the, with the fact that it's mostly been red zone work, and there hasn't been a lot of like ability to stop the run here. Um, I, I his. His strength is obviously pass coverage. Uh, he's been caught uh, cheating a little bit against the run. Um, Rodney McLeod is on the pop list. So you're seeing a lot of Kayvon Wallace and Marcus Epps next to Harris. I think both of those guys have done a relatively good job based on expectations. I think Kayvon Wallace, if if Rodney McLeod enters the season on the pop list, I think Kayvon Wallace is clearly uh, the other starting safety, mainly because he's got the ability to match up in the nickel coverage uh, in the slot. He can play free safety. He can definitely tackle as a strong safety. I think Marcus Epps is really just a single high guy. Uh, and it would be that third safety. I think both guys are obviously on the roster with Anthony Harris and Rodney McLeod. Um, the big thing has been Andrew Adams, who was a first day free agent signing, supposed to be a special teams ace and maybe like a third or fourth safety. He's been on the COVID list all week. Uh, so it's allowed guys uh, like Raylan Arnold and Elijah Riley to get a little bit more playing time. Elijah Riley's kind of had kind of, uh, a rough start. Saturday was not his best practice. Uh, Zach Ertz completely wrecked him on a double move wheel route to the sideline. Um, got open and then got yards after the catch. Uh, Braylon Arnold's had, had had a couple of pass breakups in recent days. Um, if McLeod is not on the roster and they keep four safeties, I think it's Graylin Arnold's job at this point. Um, what's your, what's your outlook yep. on, on the safety group? 
I've been pretty impressed by the way Arnold's played. I mean, he looks like he's a guy who's looking like he wants to wants to remain in this league. I mean, he, he's he's complete. He's had a couple pass breakups as well. He was like he's reading receivers when they come out their break well, and he's co- closing in on the ball. So I think he's the winning guy. I mean, Riley, I had high hopes for. I really, I really thought he would be somebody who could step in not only special teams but also fill in the back end if there were injuries. And he's just been. He is. I don't know what's going on with him. He, he just looks a little off when it comes there. But I mean, Harris is done all right. I, I think Harris is going to be fine on there. But uh, Graylin Arnold, to me, just looking in, he, he's done well. Kayvon Wallace. I mean, how about his second year? He looks like he's already a vet. He's gotten some veteran tendencies to him, and, and he's looked all right when he, he's recognizing the run, stepping up, and helping out in support as well too. So I, I think I, I like what I've seen out of him as well, too. But overall, if it comes back to one of those uh, last safety spots, I mean, Gray Arnold's doing well. As of right now, it should go to him. Uh, Specialist-wise, I think Aaron Sipas had the best punter press conference I've ever seen, which isn't saying much because (laughs) punters really don't have press conferences. Uh, So far, so good from what we're hearing from the coaches and Jake Elliott. Jake Elliott uh, had kind of a poor performance Saturday. He attempted six field goals, missed from 33 and 49, uh, made the other four. Um, he went miss at 33, four straight makes, and then a miss at 49. Um, my level of confidence in him is kind of middling. Uh, I do like how much accountability he takes for his misses and his mistakes, but he's got to be better this year. Um, what's your overall confidence level on the punter and the kicker? Well, I, I was surprised Aaron Sippos. I thought, I, I, to be honest, I, I, I wasn't happy. I was starting to scout, see who might be available or, on the uh, in other areas. But I like the way he's gotten to hang time. His hang time has been decent uh, in, in the spout, spurts I've seen. And it was, it was about like four, I, can't like, I think it was like 4.34, around, somewhere around there. And, he, and it's got this weird spin on the ball when it's when it's, it's high in the arc and it makes it tough on palm returner. So I thought that's all right. And Elliot, I, I I can't get this guy. The guy can make kicks from beyond fifty with ease, but then the close seems like the closer it gets, he just I don't know. And I will I will thought I know specialists don't. That's pretty much that's all they do, especially when it comes to the field goal operation. And I thought it take a little bit longer when it comes to Sippos being a holder because he Elliot got used to Cam Johnson for so long, and I don't know if it's one of those things where he's trying to get used to a, a new holder, I, but but. This is going back to the last year now, even when Johnson was here. So, I, and and when it comes to the Eagles, you don't know what they do now because they're tied in financially to this guy for a while. He's just been, I'm going to say, he started out promising and it's been disappointing as of late. And I don't know what's going on, but he has to fix it quick. So we didn't plan for this, but I want to wrap it up. These, these will be our final thoughts. Who is your Who was your MVP on offense and defense for the first week of camp? Ooh, I'm gonna go Miles Sanders. I'll go Miles Sanders off. I just think he's uh, when he runs that when they run that zone and he runs on the toward the off tackle area. He's just looked on a stretch play. He just looks really good on that one. So that, I think he's my MVP on that side. Uh, I'll I'll stick with Josh Sweat as the MVP on the defensive side. I'll I'll give a one A for offense too. Tyree Jackson. I I really. 
He, I think he, I think he has Chris. the edge over Extol. Yes, I'm going that way. I am going Chris. that way. Oh God! <laughs> All right. Anyone? I like what I've seen. All right, Chris. Oh, Chris. Um, Hi. Oh man. All right. So offense. I'm actually going to go. This is going to surprise people, but I'm going to go Zach Ertz. Uh, wow. Zach was given the day off on Friday, spent the entire practice coaching up your guy, Tyree Jackson, uh, Caleb Wilson, and uh, Dallas Goddard, um, balling kind of like miscues. He's also looked pretty good. He looks really athletic. He looks fast. Uh, I thought Saturday he was the shining star of practice. Um, I think he's outplayed Dallas Goddard, honestly, in the early going. Um, and so, look, it, it, for a guy who doesn't want to be here, he's he's chatting it up with Nick Sirianni every practice. He seems really engaged. I'm digging the, the sting, early 90s haircut. Um, <laughs> I, look, I think he's determined to play well. And if he's here, he's going to be a factor. It'll be interesting to see what that factor is. But I thought he had a pretty good first week. And then I, you know, I, I would say Darius Slay uh, is the MVP of the defense. I think he's had some really good battles with uh, Devontae Smith, Travis Fulgham, Jalen Rager. Uh, it, what I like about him, and, and maybe this is a cop out, but he's te- coaching up Devontae Smith. And I think that that's going to add to his value as a player. Uh, in helping Devontae Smith become a really good pro. And so I'm going to go with him, you know, because I would have gone with Josh Sweat as well, but I'm going to go with uh, Slay to kind of switch it up a little bit. Guys, remember to sign up for Eagles Extra. Two weeks free, you'll get training camp for free. You'll get exclusive analysis from Chris and myself uh, throughout practice before it hits the web. Um, you'll get updates on injuries, uh, breaking news, etc. We also do Q and A's weekly. Um, so a lot of fun we're having on Eagles Extra. You can sign up on nj.com/text. Uh, make sure you sign up because we're having a lot of fun on the app. We're getting a lot of positive feedback, uh, and it makes stuff easier. You get to avoid the social media clutter. Also, make sure to to download and subscribe to. The uh, No Huddle Show podcast. That's the name of our podcast. Wherever you can download podcasts. And we will see you soon with some more training camp goodness next Friday.